Good morning, church. As you can see, we're going to do things a little bit differently this morning because we're going to have a time for sharing testimonies during worship. So let that testimony start to boil up inside of you this morning. So I'm excited to be with you here this morning. Who's excited to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen, amen. What a privilege it is to come into this place and worship our King Jesus. Who is grateful for what He has done in your life? Who was once lost and now is found? Come on. Who had no purpose in life, but since you met Him, you now have purpose flowing through your veins? Come on, wherever you are this morning, can you just lift up the name of Jesus in this place? If you're grateful for the gift of salvation today, let's just lift up the name of Jesus in this place. We're going to give Him thanks this morning, and we're going to honor Him. So let's just open up in prayer together. Jesus, we love and adore you this morning. We submit our lives to you. We submit our problems, we submit our fears and our doubts to you this morning. We submit everything under the authority of the one and only true God. We just say, Holy Spirit, come and have your way in this place. Come and have your way in this church, have your way in each and every one of our lives. Come and change us, come and transform us, come and refresh and renew us this morning. We just say, Lord, let your will be done in this place today. We've come here to honor you, to worship you, and to thank you for what you've done in our lives. So we give you all the honor and all the glory in this place, and we pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Church, today is a service dedicated to giving thanks. Can you hear me? <laughs> today is a service dedicated to giving thanks back to God for what He has done in our lives. Today is all about thankfulness and thanksgiving. And I believe it's important that we pause from time to time throughout the year to give thanks to God for what He's doing in your life and mine. You know, we're so used to just rushing along in life and the pace of life just takes us over and we very rarely stop to give thanks to, to God for what He's doing. So today we want to pause. We want to stop for a few moments and we want to take this opportunity to honor God for His faithfulness for His provision, and for what He's doing in our church and in our lives. Amen? Are we ready to give thanks this morning? Amen. Is there someone that's thankful here today? Amen. And church, I want to bring you a short message this morning that I'm trusting will encourage you to be thankful in everything, in every moment, and every season of our lives. And to realize that we are blessed even when life seems like it's a mess. We're going to speak about being grateful regardless of what you're going through, about being blessed in the mess. You would have seen the title of my message this morning. You know, church, for so much of our lives, we live under the illusion that there's something big around the corner. Something out there that's coming that really, really matters, and it matters more than what we're doing right now. There's something out there just around the bend that's going to make all the difference to my life. It's that thing that I desire. It's that big event that I'm looking for. It's that thing that's going to bring meaning and fulfillment and give me that significant moment that I've been searching for. It's not here now, so I'm looking for it somewhere out there. And you see, we start to place these ideologies in our minds. It's the dream, dream job or the, the dream girl or the dream boy. Or you know, it's when I finally finish my exams in school one day so that I can get, get out of school and start my own business. How are you feeling after exams? Are you, ex are you relieved? <laughs> Exhausted. 
Or you know, when it's, it's when I get myself into perfect shape physically. It's that moment when I feel that having a family is going to complete my life. Or when I get the big house, I will have achieved financial success. Or that moment when I reach perfection in my walk with Christ and everything is just perfect. You know, everything is just bliss. And church, in, in fact, what we're doing is we are wishing away the current season, waiting for the next one to come, right? One day, just around the corner, there'll be that something, that achievement, that accomplishment, that relationship, that child, that, that possession, or that holiday. There'll be that one thing that fills the emptiness on the inside. But the truth is, around every corner, there's just another challenge, another goal, another vision, another dream, or another perceived outcome or prize. And if we're all honest with ourselves this morning, there is this weakness within us that we are pursuing what we want. My dreams, my, my passions, my goals. And whatever I'm doing, what I've done to this point, there's got to be something else out there that is better than what I'm doing and what, and what I have. There has to be more. And you see what culture does it is it completely feeds into this mindset of, of getting what we want, right? Just look at the advertisements on television or in your magazines. Everything on, that you see on social media. It's all about self-gratification or self-indulgence. Because, you know, you deserve it. Spoil yourself. Treat yourself. The problem is, you know, if I look in the Scriptures, what Jesus says, if you want to follow me, you don't treat yourself, you deny yourself. If you want to be my disciple, you don't indulge yourself you have to deny yourself. Then he said, take up your cross. In other words, you're actually going to die to your own fleshly desires so that you can live by my spirit. And then he said, follow me. You don't treat yourself. You don't indulge yourself. You, you deny yourself. There's a verse in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 from verse 31, which we'll use as one of the anchors for the message this morning where the Apostle Paul says this. He says, therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. What's he saying? Whatever you do in life, he said, do it all for the glory of God. Whatever you do, whether you're doing the dishes, you're picking up the, the kids from school, you're running around for your boss, you're doing something that isn't that glamorous, whatever you do, you do it for the glory of God. And you know, church, when we look at our own lives, if we're honest with ourselves, most of what we've done to this point in our lives is, is mostly for us, right? I want to do what makes me happy. I want to do what makes me feel good. I want to do what fills my tank. I want to do what I want to do. But Jesus has called you and I to deny ourselves. And whatever you do to really have meaning in life, you have to do it all for the glory of God. And when God starts to work in your life, that sanctification process that I spoke about last week, you begin to realize that the prize isn't out there somewhere or around the corner. The prize isn't what you accomplish from time to time or the big event. The prize is in what you do. The blessing sometimes is not in the, the glamorous parts of life. It's when you are blessed, even in the mess. You know, church, what if the work is the reward? What if the prize is in the process? What if you could feel, ble feel blessed even in a messed up situation? 
What if whatever you do, you can find meaning and, and satisfaction and fulfillment when you do it all for the glory of God? I want to show you a scripture this morning in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting in verse 9, and it's where the Apostle Paul is being somewhat vulnerable. And this is what he says. He says, For I am the least of the apostles, and do not even deserve to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. I love that. I am what I am. And His grace to me was not without effect. No. I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Paul said, before I was a Christ follower, I was, I was a bad guy. I was a nasty piece of work. I hated Christians. I hated them so much that I even killed them. But he says, by the grace of God, I am what I am, and His grace to me was not without effect. In other words, His grace to me, the price that He paid for me was not in vain. And you know what, church? That's my story. That's your story. We weren't good. We weren't faithful. We weren't always righteous. But by the grace of God, you are now what you are. You are what you are, and I am what I am. And not because we are good, but because He's good. And now you're becoming what He wants you to be because His grace for you was not without effect. I want you to realize that this morning, that the price that He paid for you was not in vain. Paul says, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. I wasn't any good, that's what he's saying. I wasn't any good, but the grace of God transformed me, and because of who Jesus is and because of what He did, I worked hard. I worked harder than, than everyone else. And you know, I don't think Paul was bragging here. I don't think he was complaining either. I think he was just stating the fact that by the grace of God, I could work hard. I've been so transformed by Jesus because of who he is and what he did. I just went to work and, and whatever I did, I did it for his glory. You know, church, I can't begin to imagine the depths of the sacrifices that the Apostle Paul made in his life. And what he went through because of this grace that impacted his life so much. And if you were to take a step back and look at Paul's life, you would probably say that Paul was not the type of person that was wishing his current season away, right? Whatever he did, he was fully in it. He was fully committed to that situation. And whatever he did, he was doing it for the glory of God. When he was in prison, he didn't say, you know what, one day when I'm finally out of prison, then I can get back to doing what, what God has called me to do. No, he just said, whatever I do, I do it for his glory. And if I'm chained to someone, I'm going to witness to that person. Or you know what, give me a pen, give me some paper, I'm going to write a, a letter to one of the churches because they need it. Whatever I'm doing, I'm doing it for his glory. And I don't know how this would apply to your life or to mine. But maybe you're a, you're a housewife and you, you're changing nappies. Maybe you're making... You're on the streets making door-to-door -door sales calls. Maybe you're doing something for your boss that doesn't seem very significant or look very glamorous from the outside, but if you're doing it with integrity, with purity of heart, with the heart of a servant, and you're now declaring that this task is for the glory of God, when you live this way, suddenly you wake up and you start to realize that maybe the work is the reward. 
Maybe the prize is in the process. And, and in everyday life, when you're grinding it out and just doing normal things, you can say, I can be grateful. I can be blessed in the mess. You know, church, what happens, and we know this, the enemy is a master deceiver, right? He'll make you believe that for you to be happy, you have to have more, right? You have to be comfortable. And you need to have more and more to be more and more comfortable. He brings this deception that comfort will bring happiness. And he wants you to think that you'll only be happy if you, have, you get the new car. You know, the new car with the seat warmers and with the, the best sound system with the sunroof and the car that you can hear coming two kilometers away from your house. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> or you know what, maybe it's the better, better home or the bigger home with, with everything that opens and closes. Or maybe if you just made enough money to take life easy, then you'll be happy. Life would just be sweet. It would be easy, right? And you see, herein lies the deception because... God never called us to easy. He called us to deny ourselves. Why? Because easy never changed the world. Easy never impacted the world. Amen? And yet the, the, the deception of comfort cries out to us constantly. You see, the enemy comes in subtly into our lives and he presents the, the shiny thing or the dangling carrot that constantly allures and distracts us. In other words, you know, you know what's important for your life, you know what is good for your life, you know what disciplines you have to put in your life, but all of a sudden, ping, notification. You get a notification from Facebook or Instagram, and, and the next thing you know, you're on your phone scrolling in there for over half an hour. Right? I've, I've been there as well. <laughs> or you're on television and you're watching uh, Netflix or Showmax, and, and you know, it just keeps on running. And you can watch an entire season in one sitting. Right? Who's done that? <laughs> you have these constant distractions that are feeding this desire for more. And it's the shiny thing. It's, it's, the, it's the carrot and the donkey continues to chase the carrot and you never ever really seem to find real satisfaction because you've been fooled by the, the shiny thing. You have been deceived by comfort. And church, I'm not saying that we can't have comforts in life. I'm just saying if there's no end to that comfort and that's all we're chasing... The enemy has deceived your thinking of what's important and what's eternal. You know, where are we placing our value? What is our purpose? What are we really passionate about? Because this world will tell you to follow your passions. Follow your passions, follow your heart. You know, do whatever your heart tells you. I mean, who's heard that before? The problem with that thinking, and I can maybe just direct this to the youth this morning, is the problem with that thinking is that the passion doesn't always pay the bills, right? Passion doesn't always keep the lights on and pay the, pay the school fees. Who can testify to that fact? <laughs> True story, eh? The problem with passion, church, is that selfish passion is all about us, right? But we have a higher calling. And it's not selfish passion, it is selfless purpose. Come on. It's a high calling, and once you start to recognize that you're doing God's purpose, the amazing thing, church, is that your passion always starts to follow purpose. Your passion always follows purpose. So instead of my starting point being one of, I need to do what I want to do to be happy, instead I use God as my starting point, and whatever I do now, I do it 
for the glory of God. I do it for His glory. You know, we discussed something similar in our equip session this week where we spoke about our discipleship journey being one that should be intentional instead of just something additional. So it's not something that you just add to your life and you, you tick the box and then you're done. It's something that needs to be a part of a life day by day and intentionally. And it's having purpose and being intentional in everyday life circumstances and situations. And you start to realize that even in the middle of what you may not have chosen, God still has purpose. And then you recognize that you're doing what God has called you to even in this moment. Though it may not be your favorite thing, when you're serving His purpose, your passion always starts to follow that purpose. You know what, just think about uh, the Apostle Paul's life for a moment. I'm sure he was passionate about certain things in life. Okay, he was a, an amazing individual and wrote most of the New Testament, but I guess he was a regular guy from time to time. He had certain passions. And I don't know what it would have been, but maybe he was passionate about music. Theo, maybe he liked to fish, you know? Amen, brother. <laughs> or maybe he liked to go on long walks. I don't know what, what it would have been. Paul had his own passions, but what he was not passionate about, about church, let me tell you, was getting stoned and left for dead about being beaten and, and thrown into prison, about being accused constantly and ridiculed constantly for his stand on Jesus Christ. I can promise you that that wasn't on his bucket list, right? But instead of uh, pursuing a selfish, self-centered passion, what he did was he pursued God's purpose. And suddenly he would say things like this in Acts chapter 20, verse 24, where he said, However... I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and to complete the task that the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. The good news of the gospel. Amen. And you see, church, what, what does purpose do? Purpose helps us feel passionate about ordinary things. Something mundane, something even ordinary now takes on a greater meaning. Whatever I do, even if it feels insignificant, I'm doing it for the glory of God. You know, if I think about the different ministries within our church, if you're a server here at Frontline Church, you find joy and you find purpose when you're simply making someone else a cup of coffee or you're helping someone to their chair, right? When you're in the children's church holding a baby and you're praying over that child, or when you lead a youth group of teenagers, you realize that in this moment, God is using me to pour spiritual life and nutrition into the next generation. When you simply open up your home for a connect group, a place for people to find a spiritual connection, what normally seems ordinary now becomes something extraordinary. Why? Because it's not just a task, but it's a purpose directed by God, and passion always follows purpose. Amen? In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 26 to 27, Paul gives us a profound illustration of purpose. He says, So I run with purpose in every step. I am not just shadowboxing, right? He's not messing around. I discipline my body like an athlete, training it to do what it should. Otherwise, I fear that after preaching to others, I myself might be disqualified. 
Church, can you imagine if we wake up with this attitude every day, with this purpose every day? When we wake up, we say, God, today, this is your day. This is the day that the Lord has made. And whatever I do, whether it seems big and, and significant and glamorous or small and insignificant, God, I'm choosing to find purpose in this. Come on. I'm doing this for your glory. I'm running like a man. I'm not running like a man running aimlessly. I'm running with intention. And every step is directed by your spirit. I'm, in, I'm empowered by your word. I'm, I'm loving people wherever I go. When I walk into the room, the Spirit of God walks with me. I am a nation changer. I am a man or a woman on the front line. Come on. When I walk into a dark room, the light comes with me. There's nowhere that I, I don't go that I go with purpose. I go with the same Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, and, and He dwells in me. I walk with intention. I am here as an ambassador of the Most High God to represent the goodness, the grace, and the love of my Father. And I do this intentionally. I do this on purpose. I don't do anything half-heartedly. Whatever I do, I'm doing it for the one that changed my life. Whose life has been changed this morning by the one I'm speaking about? Can we just give him a shout of praise? Church, I'm going to be wrapping up soon, and I've deliberately made my message short this morning because there's going to be time for, for those of you who want to give a, a short testimony this morning. We're going to get up and we're going to praise the Lord. We're going to be, just give out the Lord the, the best of everything that we had as, have as far as uh, a thanksgiving attitude. But there's going to be also be time for you to, to give a short testimony. But as I close this morning, as you think about the scriptures that I've read and about the testimony that I gave for someone like Paul's life, remember, church, that the prize is not when you get the promotion. The prize is not when you get the fancy car or the big house or the perfect job. The prize isn't, church, when you finally make the big bucks or the big time. The prize is here. The prize is now. This is the day that the Lord has made, and because of the grace of God, I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. You see, church, life isn't just about me about indulging myself now and looking after my needs. There's so much more to life. It's about denying myself. And church, when we deny ourselves, church, listen to this, when we deny ourselves, we can be grateful in any situation. I can be blessed even in the mess. Because whatever I do, I will do it for His glory. I will do it intentionally. I will do it in purpose because of what He has done in my life. There's so much to be thankful for. And church, I'm going to leave you with a scripture this morning. And you can stand with me. We can start to get ready to worship our king this morning. The worship team can come up. Thanks, Kirk. I just want to encourage you this morning. If you feel that like you have a testimony within you, there's obviously going to be a time limit to testimonies. But if there's something within you, don't be shy this morning. Just come and give your testimony. Come and do it afraid, even if you're afraid this morning, okay? I want to leave you with a scripture this morning. Church, who, who knows the scripture that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me? Everyone knows that, right? Okay. But I want to read this, the, the verse before, before that for you. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 12, and this is what it says. This is what the Apostle Paul says. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is 
to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This specific verse says, I can do all this through Him who gives me the strength. It's the same thing. Can we declare that this morning, that we can do all things through Christ who strengthens me? Whether you're living in abundance at the moment, whether you, you're living in lack, whether you, things are flying or whether you're reeling a difficult situation, can we just declare this morning, wherever you are, when you go through worship this morning, that you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you? And we do it, church, we do it all for the glory of God. Can we just thank God for His Word this morning? Can we just lift up the name of Jesus in this place? Let's just lift up the expectation this morning of thanks giving to our Lord this morning. We have so much to be thankful for, for what He's done in your life and mine. God is worthy, amen.